0: Hi, I'm Cody Knotts, class of 1990, and you're watching Dingo Talk.
1: What's going on, chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Cody Knotts, class of 1990. Cody's going to tell us everything about his experience at Bethany, what he thinks about education currently in the state of where it is, um, a little bit of his the history of once he left Bethany, and then we'll get back into the conversation of what the brand is and why you would send someone to Bethany. Uh, But it's not my story to tell. It's Cody Knott's story. Uh, So here he is. Class of 1990, Cody Knott's. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlos Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Class of 1990's Cody Knott's. Cody, thank you for joining us.
0: Well, thank you for having me.
1: So we're going to do this the same way we do every week. Cody, how did you end up finding yourself here in Bethany?
0: Uh, Well, I was a Disciples of Christ member, and I had two high school teachers who both went to Bethany. And I I make this joke. Every good and bad decision I made was because of women. And they were two of the most beautiful women I've ever met. And so I said, I'll go to Bethany. (laughs) that's i mean it's it's uh, jill miller uh she was jill campsey then and um uh why am i forgetting mrs cole's name i think it was freda it was freda alexis i believe was her her maiden name and And that was it they told you to go to bethany
1: and you (laughs) okay
0: well i mean my mother wanted me to go there and and i just i mean they were both they're both beautiful and they're still alive. So they're, they're beautiful women. And, and uh, I was in school with Mrs. Miller's son. Uh, we were in uh, Boy Scouts together. So just really uh, neat people.
1: Well, and being a disciple, both being a disciple, does that, does Bethany hold a certain, is there something about Bethany? as a disciple? I mean, obviously Alexander Campbell being the guy that founded the college, but is there is that a normal thing disciples coming to like a school like bethany
0: um i was originally pre-ministerial so i was i didn't really want to be a disciples minister um that, that's, that's what gets complicated uh so i ended up in the disciples of christ because they were an active church in the town i lived in it was a small rural town Taylorstown, and bethany uh so that seemed like a logical place if you were gonna be a disciples minister. Um, but I was really not a disciples of Christ in, in thinking. Um I my grandfather founded a Pentecostal denomination. I'm very Scotch Irish and so it's it's uh I, I ended up um, you know, I, and now at some point I'm gonna become Catholic. We'll see when that happens. Uh but um <laughs> that's that, that's a long story i've been married this is my second marriage both times the catholics and and my wife works for the catholic church at west point so she's the mu- one, she's the music director at the u.s military academy so um you know i'm around catholicism all the time yeah and, and it, it's been life-changing so uh yeah but a lot of people were disciples i remember there was a lot of disciples of christ at the time for the school
1: so when you get to Bethany, your freshman year, which would have been nineteen eighty six, what uh, what is what is campus life like? What do you get involved with? All involved in right away? What what is your Bethany experience? I decide
0: extremely early on I'm going to join Phi Capital, um, and it's funny JP was our the, the he he was in charge of pledging. Mm-hmm the fifth year senior uh jp silk and uh he this this goes to the same thing i mean he he convinced me uh he convinced me to do it. but then uh christine hammond uh who was dating one of our fraternity brothers who was a little sister in our fraternity i just the dearest friend I could ever have um and so she uh told me no this is the place you want to be and so then i joined the fraternity and, 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 and I made that decision probably two or three weeks into college. And, and I went to college saying I'm never going to join a fraternity. And I immediately joined one. Um, and and uh, it was an exceptional place because we had like 14 guys that were uh, Eagle Scouts. Um, and I was an Eagle Scout. I am an Eagle Scout. I'm not allowed to say was. They get mad at me about that. Um, and so that, that all mattered to me. And we had a big pledge class. It was the biggest one they had. So JP was very, I mean, we had 19 guys, I believe it was, which for five tall was a lot. Um, We had never recruited so many guys.
1: So with Greek life, what were some of the experiences? I mean, obviously Greek Hill had to have been a good time in the early, in in the late eighties, early nineties.
0: I guess, I mean, you know, a lot of people love to look on college with, rose-colored glasses. I don't. Um, You know, I end up, this is going to sound awful, I look at the debt, the amount of money I spent, how I had to pay it back over 10 years. Uh, I evaluate whether education was worth it. Um, I had a few professors that I think were exceptional, and most of the time, to be honest, I felt like, so I passed up Brown University. I had had a chance to go to Brown, and they were offering me a partial scholarship, and I got a partial scholarship at Bethany. And, you know, you look back and you go, well, that was that a good decision? Probably not. Uh, but the truth is, I'd probably go to a state school. Like, if I could go back in time, I probably just would have went to a state school in Pennsylvania, and, and um, if I'd have went to college at all. And it, it, I have a master's degree. And, and master's. And in the time master's time. does
1: come from a state school.
0: Yes, it right. comes from California University of Pennsylvania. But, yep, comes from California University of Pennsylvania. Um, but actually all but one class, or all uh, most of it, part of it was done at WVU and then I transferred. Um, but, you know, uh, state universities, cost-wise, um, I believe education, the, the difference between education is that either you, you you're meeting the right people the connections you make are what propel your life forward, um, or you're paying for a degree, and if you're paying for a degree, you should pay for the least amount of money. And I think that's 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 affected education. Uh, education's become over politicized. Um, you know, we, we've we've it's 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 become a disaster in the United States, and we're wasting time. I and mean, what what people learned in college, they used to learn in high school and what they learned in a master's degree they used to learn in college and we're just extending life and then we're having problems people have trouble having children people have because they put their life on hold um and and uh they go into debt when you, you only live 75 years on the average and you're spending one third of it being educated people didn't do that in the past no. i mean it, it's an absolutely ludicrous decision driven by the needs of educators to make money um and and uh you know, and and so schools like Bethany that used to be as you know, uh, liberal arts schools, that makes absolute sense. The problem is, is not everybody should be getting a college education. Instead of 30% of America having a college education, it should probably be five or 10. Um, we should be getting people out of high school ready to, at 18 years old, start their life and be productive and make money and and find out who they are. And most jobs don't need a degree. It's it's absolutely useless. So um, for a whole bunch of people... Become secretaries and have college degrees. That's insane. Uh, so, so
1: minus, I mean, the- I, I,
0: I'm, you want someone to talk. I uh, mean, you know, I'll get people mad at me, and people, don't, you know, you either like me or hate me. And it actually, I have polling on that when I ran for office. It's about sixty percent hate me and about forty percent love me. And they, they said the polling numbers were very weird. <laughs> the forty percent that loved me really loved me, and the sixty percent that hated me really hated me. And I'm okay with that. Like, okay, fine. Um, that's why I don't do many interviews because it's like okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, minus the rose-colored glasses, what are some of the experiences that you remember? Uh, from my fraternity
0: time? was my fraternity was the the best thing in the world, and I I loved them. And I'll I'll tell you a strange story. I we had a brother of the week, and you would you know everybody would name the brother of the week, and I was. You know, I was in the fraternity truly for three years, four when you count your freshman year, but you're you're not really there. You're living at the house the other three, and I never won brother of the week. You only got 30 guys, right? Never, never once did I get the brother of the week, and yet I got brother of the year. And the year after I graduated, or year or two after, I got alumni the year. Um,
1: <laughs> so not the brother of the week but you were the brother of the year and the alumni of the year Charlie.
0: yeah and i and i remember i bawled my eyes out because i was like what do you mean i'm the brother of the week, of the year like i never get this um and, it, and it, it's fit my it, it's fit my whole life that's a love hate thing i've never been to a wedding invited to a wedding that i wasn't the best man i was either the best man or i wasn't invited and and so um I've always found that a strange experience, but I, I, I've accepted it uh, as, as who I am. Um, but in the reason I got brother of the week oddly enough, I was the security guard for the college and I busted my own fraternity and I got brother of the year for that. <laughs> um, they were so it was brothers who thought I was going to get kicked out of the fraternity and instead everybody said no, I did the right thing, we were wrong and uh, we got fined by the school, and they knew I didn't have any money. I, I, I grew up dirt poor, so they voted. I mean, I busted them, so I caused my own self to get fined. Yeah. They voted to pay my fine.
1: Which is and kind of the embodiment of a brotherhood, too. Is that like, you yeah. know that you you know that we made we know we made a mistake, and you were the one that had to bust us, but like you did your job. And uh, I couldn't pay
0: for my college dues, fraternity. I didn't have enough cash. Um, so I donated the pigs for luau. So I raised the pigs and donated the pigs. And they allowed me, so the national fraternity allowed me to uh, give pigs for.
1: <laughs> for dues. Like
0: <laughs> turtle dues. Uh, yeah, because I, I lived on a farm, I had an 80, my dad had an 80 acre farm. And so I raised two, two pigs and I would give them feeder pigs. And then they were like too small because they, they didn't know how you actually roast pigs. Like they were roasting too big of pigs. I'm surprised people get sick. And I brought them true, true roasting pigs, like what you're supposed to do if you were in Hawaii or whatever. And they're like, well, they're not big enough. I'm like, that this is the size you roast a pig. You don't roast a, a 400 pound pig because it's not going to cook right and you're going to get sick yeah um and and they didn't understand that and i remember them that was a funny moment so then when i graduated i did a fundraiser at the west alexander fair which is not very far from bethany and uh had a, a, a I, I had a booth there selling pizza and pop and stuff to raise money for the fraternity so that nobody um we had a brother zach brown who uh was in the same situation i was grew up before, and i mean he's doing wonderful now uh mm-hmm. from last i saw and i said i'm not going to allow somebody not to be able to afford to go to the co- join the fraternity so i'll raise you some money and so we we raised money to to uh and that's why i got alumni a year because i raised the money not for the stuff like oh here's a building plan or whatever i mean I, i'm never and that's nothing against the people to do that no. um but I, I i've always believed you do things directly for people uh my eagle scout project was raising money for food there was raising food for the hungry and the boy scouts fought me on it and so that fight they they said you have to build something permanent and then they said you have to build a bench or something and i said that a bench what's permanent about a bench catch on fire planting a tree is not permanent A tree dies It was really funny because i had to go argue before them and i said Feeding people matters. It's funny because you hear of scouting for food. So what happened was Allegheny Trails fought me on it. And then that got into the scouting news. They said, okay, fine, you can go go collect this 1,031, that was our troops number, cans of food and money for when we gave it to the city mission of Washington, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And that inspired people in Kansas City to start uh, scouting for food. So my Eagle Scout project led
1: to a... yeah,
0: led to a nation nationwide feeding of people, and and uh, so I've always been like, you have to help people. I, I really I'm very unmoney motivated, um, and which makes my wife angry all the time. <laughs> um, but but it, it just you know so so a lot of the things that motivate people, you know, so that's why I got the award. I just I, I never felt like you know I can I I'm acquired taste. And I know that. So.
1: So you said you originally wanted to go to school for ministry, but you didn't graduate with that degree. What did you call? What did you end up finishing at Bethany? What was your degree? I I
0: I, was, I went to history and I thought about being a high school teacher, but I hated the idea. Um, I angered. I, I during my oral comprehensives, I made a mistake. By, they asked me, what are you going to do with your degree? And, and I said, something useful and practical, not like teaching, um, which went over. I didn't I wasn't insulting them. I just didn't want to be a high school teacher. And it didn't go over well, uh, though. <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking about that. I was saying this really stupid thing. Um, and, and they were they were really hard on my comprehensives because I guess I scored really well on the written uh, thanks to Gary Capel uh, and, and his, his, uh, discussion of the, uh, Treaty of Versailles. And that was, mm-hmm. we had right to write something on the Treaty of Versailles, which I love. I love Talleyrand and all of that. And Gary helped inspire that. Um, and so I loved Gary. I had two professors that I really loved, uh, Gary Kappel and, uh, Dr. Woodard, who was only there for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got rid of him. Um, and so, that uh i um, shouldn't say that dr uh woodard no dr woodard doctor uh oh shoot i'm forgetting the poli sci- dr osmond love dr osmond um and so uh i forgot what i was saying forgive me <laughs> well so do you have any i wanted to make sure i gave them credit because they were they were they were they were great professors
1: any from uh, any stories that you'd like to share from Bubba's or from being in Chambers General Store?
0: I wasn't a drinker, so I never really liked that whole,
1: you know, like uh, going to the General Store, um,
0: I liked that. Um, That was, that was kind of, you know, uh, I like country stores. My mother worked at one, so I I like the feel of that. What I remember is the wood on the floor, I know that sounds weird, but the slatwood and and walking in and the smell and feeling like that it felt like home for me because that was the type of world I came from.
1: Well, that's a good place. We're going to take a pause right there. I have to send it to Chambers General Store and Harry Chambers, because uh, if they don't have it, you don't need it. You get the back get that on the back of your uh, Chambers t-shirts. You can also get the Shroom Capital of the World shirts. I believe it's the third run of those. On top of the daily lunch specials, soups of the day, uh, he's got biscuits and gravy to go with the breakfast sandwiches that, that he has there, plus any other sandwich you can think of. And literally, you walk in there, you can get a sandwich, and if you have a maintenance project you need to take care of, you can get the tools in the next aisle over. Um, but I am Carlo Guadamino. This is Cody Knott's class of 1990, and we will be right back.
0: While you're in Bethany, make sure you stop in the store for a daily lunch special, breakfast sandwiches all day, try out the biscuits and gravy, guaranteed it'll fill you up, and also look for our new burnt orange chambers, if we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts, and our psychedelic green third edition, Bethany, Mushroom Capital of the World t-shirts. Now back to you, Dingo.
1: What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Cody Knotts, class of 1990. And we left off with Cody's opinions on education currently as we sit, and we will come back to that in this part. Uh, we talked about his time at Bethany. Now we're going to talk about that test that connects all of us, uh, comps, which you did touch on in the last part. Um, what was the, being a history major, what was the hardest part for you going into comps? And then follow up with where? what is the feeling when you walk out after being done?
0: Well, I went in the comprehensives. Someone had tipped me off that I had done really well on my writings and I could get distinction. In fact, I needed to score, I believe, a zero to get distinction or not get distinction. Um, and I guess I got a zero on oral, which I think is hilarious because they didn't care for me because I spoke my mind too often. Uh, Unfortunately, Gary wasn't sitting on comps. I had uh, a professor. I had two of the three professors other than Dr. Uh, uh, um, English. They were all um, people that didn't care for me. One was my basic logics teacher who I got a D minus, the only bad grade I got the whole time I was at Bethany because I refused to go to class because I thought he treated people like crap. And I said, I'm not going to show up except for tests. And we had an argument about, actually, the, the logic of violence. And he said, Aristotle says that logic's unvi- is not log- violence is not logical. And I said, violence, all nature states are violence. So by, by definition, it has to be logical. And I, he said, well, Aristotle, I said, I don't care what Aristotle says. Aristotle has to back up what he says. Otherwise, you're appealing to authority. And um, he would always ask people, you know, you, you have a question uh there's no such thing as a dumb question that comment and the moment they did he would treat him like crap uh, so i just didn't care to be in his presence um, and so i passed fairly. so he was there i had one of the people from religious studies because i was a religious studies minor um, and you know it was a it was a comprehensive where they opened up they said when you do as well as you did writing i remember dr english saying this we ask you tough questions and the opening question was what what state had the highest per capita fish consumption in 1776 and i'm like what the hell am i being asked this for so i said maine it was maryland like anybody actually knows what the actual fish consumption was then and i now have a master's in science and in in land use and regional planning and statistics and it's like oh you kidding me and that was the whole thing it was like one got you question after another. Yeah. Um and 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 it was because they weren't going to give me distinction. I wasn't one of the, the favored people. Um that's okay. Never have been. And uh Gracia uh Sharpenberg, Gracia Manning now, uh was there. And it was weird because my fraternity brothers, one of our little sisters, I think it was Cindy Drake, had her comprehensives at the same time. So most of the guys were on campus. It was in January were over there. I thought I'd have nobody other than Gracia when I came out. And that woman is a saint. I love her to death. Um, and when I came out, she had her sisters from Alpha Z there because there was going to be nobody there other than one of my fraternity brothers. And I was like, wow. And, and, and we had a party afterwards and, and uh, um, just what a blessing! What a wonderful, wonderful time! An incredible human being. Um. You know, so it, it's I I will owe her my entire life just for that. And and, and uh. I, I tend to speak very freely, which gets me in trouble. So, um. But the comprehensive studying for it, I didn't study. I did You know, I. I didn't study the entire time I was in college for four years, so I don't think I, I cracked the book outside of a classroom the whole time.
1: No, well, so I, does that hold true when you be, when you go for your master's as well? Is it is it just a retention thing that you get? That was
0: that was that was easier. Um, there's never been anything in an academic setting. I'm. I'm, I'm it's funny. I write for a living now. And produce films, but I my wife has to edit the stuff because I have ideas but not great grammar, um, and I freely admit that. Mm-hmm. We, we we have a publishing company now, and uh, I'm supposed to write a book, but what I'm going to do is write down the ideas, and my wife will edit them. Um, and so, it's not uh. Yeah, not nothing. There, there's never been any part for me to learn. That sounds arrogant, but it's just being off about it. It deals with humanities and politics and things like that, that's easy. It's it's really easy, um, and I have very strong opinions. I, I, I have a book I wanna write, and the opening of it is about politics, that all politics is a battle between elites for control of the system, that's all it is. So you have elite individuals uh intellectually elite and we manipulate the masses through conversation through propaganda whatever um, And we take great ideas that are complicated like something like adam smith and we boil them down to simplicity so that average people can understand them. Um, and 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 that's why you get people believing even educated people and i think there's a difference between being educated and intelligent uh, educated people buying really bad dumb ideas.
1: So. Well, so how did you get into that coming out of school? So you get your master's. You get, you. How do you fall into working with movies and writing and producing and now having a publishing company, et cetera? I
0: I, I was a, I, I bought a newspaper, um, and I was involved in politics at the local level in Washington County and I helped get rid of the district attorney that was chief suspect um, in a double homicide. And um, that is a long, complicated story that no less than Terrence Malick's wife, Eki, one of the little craze said was the best pitch for a film they've ever heard. Um, and I spent uh, five years of my life helping get three men that were wrong used of murder out of prison because I desperately know and understand and believe in uh, that people that are accused of things have a right to representation, And it, and it disgusts me when people think that an accusation is truth. Um, and, and, and these three men, one was a hitman. Um, I mean, he, his mother told me in an interview, my son knows better than to kill people with witnesses. They didn't hide the fact that they murdered people. They didn't murder that person, they just weren't so guilty most, of
1: that crime,
0: right? And most people would say, Hey, that person deserves to go to jail. And 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 there, by the grace of God, go I. And so people will make accusations and say things. And so I, I risked my life to get these three men out of jail, uh, two separate cases. And I a DA, who very likely uh his son is a judge now, so I'm careful about how I say this, and he's, his son is a, is a good person. I don't want to condemn him in the least for his father, uh, but his father lived an awful life, and and it cost me my first marriage. Uh, I had to teach my son how to run out of the house to stay alive. My, my ex-wife and I had plans. Uh, she would take the gun, and I would take the ball back, because, it, and, and we, our house was, it came into our house multiple times, um and we had to teach our son at five years old how to run and he said I'll run to the neighbor and I said don't run to the neighbor you just keep running uh, and so it was it was quite an experience and we ran a guy who just passed the the bar for DA and we had no money and um they had us outspent. in my newspaper we actually did a story called the truth about Pettit the District Attorney and we dropped three thousand or we dropped 10,000 copies around washington county house to house and to tell you how bad it was no money we go to the polls people were standing in front of the polls with made signs he raped my knees he he, he he did this he did this about the, the da mm-hmm. and and uh they i go up to a poll and they have my newspapers piled up and they're handing them to voters and i walk in just to check the poll and i say you can't hand out that you're not allowed to hand a newspaper the people on how they're voting and they walk in and the judge of election says i'll do what I please who are you and i said well that's my newspaper i didn't put my name on it i don't believe in taking credit i can avoid it and um long story short i mean she looks at me and she says oh honey i have a safe house for you if we don't win we'll hide you and after the election the feds came in and they seized everything on this da they took his safe out the drugs he was having sex with hookers that's where the people would say that he was forcing these girls to have sex with him at the, the jail and all this crazy stuff and the the county uh executive or one of the the solicitors said to me how's it feel to be vindicated Because i was told i was wrong for four, five years and i said i knew i was right all along and so did you guys you knew because they, they were there they knew what was really going on and i learned how much uh the supposed powerful and the educated and the people that we supposedly respect how they will do nothing and you know it was very easy for them to go well this these three guys oh they're they're black two of the three were black um well they're guilty you know they're drug dealers um it's so easy for people to join a mob and and run with an accusation and it's so hard to stand there and say, but they have every right to due process. I mean, we, we talk about John Adams and the, the Boston Massacre, but we don't realize what it really was for John Adams. Everybody was on the other side. Let's, 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 let's destroy this British soldier. Um, let's destroy this person for sins we probably committed ourselves. And 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 it, it's it's why every almost every film I put Amazing Grace in, um, and people don't know the power of forgiveness, and why that matters in Christianity, and why a Christian school should care about it. Um, you know, the writer of Amazing Grace, by his own admission, was a murderer, a slaver, and a rapist. That's what his book says, and yet we praise him, and we, we he's in movies and. The guy that played Mr. Fantastic, you know, is, is a friend of his in the movie. He you know, like all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And 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 you know, we all sing it and say, What a beautiful song, the most amazing hymn in the English language. But we don't live it. Yeah. Well, we went through a cancel culture and all this crap and people condemning people because of their race or their their gender or whatever. It's like, who give me a break? What makes you so special? Why don't you forgive people? That's hard to do, you know, and that's, that's where I'm in the process of becoming Catholic in my fault, in my fault, in my most grievous fault. And, 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 and I've, I have many things in my life I regret and, 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 and I have got on my knees and prayed and, 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 and people that have wronged me and I've asked God to forgive them and give them any part of the happiness given to me. Um, so it, it's hard to do. It, it's it's you know but that experience was that's how I ended up making movies because at the end I was completely broke and complete disaster um and I was drinking for the first time in my life and I said I have to change and uh the healing process began and you know I got divorced and and a wonderful woman uh was not I was not dating not in a relationship took me in and 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 lifted me up until I met my wife. Um, and, and she's now a state senator, which is kind of crazy. Um, and and uh, we're not even friends anymore, but that's not the point. At that moment in that life, she did for me what nobody else could. And uh, and we made a film that we made, we, we made a couple crappy films. One film I gave up rights in, cause I hate it because uh, I was trying to make an Eli Roth-type horror film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a plan to make three films. And then I made, we made the third one, which was Pro Wrestlers. And and that's the first one I really got paid on. And uh, we made that with Shane Douglas. And we had a bunch of Bethanians in it. Stephanie Riker, um, Mark Keenan, um, who was a wrestler, wrestled as Cody Michaels. Um, I'm trying to think there's there was, there was a group of Athenians in the film. Um, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. Those are ones I, uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I I met my current wife and we, we moved five years ago from Pennsylvania to New York because she's the music director at West Point. And, and it's been a, um, so I've lived a very interesting life. Um, and I have few friends, and I hold them dearly.
1: Oh, okay. well, so it seems that the, from the time you were at Bethany to where you are currently, is that, you know, you're you're very outspoken. You have you have an opinion, and you're, you're engaged in that conversation. But if you're going to say something, you have to back it up. Does that justify kind of your mentality? If you're going to say, like Aristotle said, violence is not... Or logical would we'll back that up, right? What so 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 I yeah
0: it's I made a decision that if you believe something you 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 have to live it. So when I was doing this DA, everybody said, "Well, how can you be brave enough to do this?" And I mean, I I met the federal U.S. federal attorney at the time, which was Mary Beth Buchanan. Um, I remember after it was all done, so they had wiretaps; they were listening to everything with me all the time. Uh, I met her when she was running for Congress and I walked up to her and I said to him and if you know who Mary Beth Buchanan is she's the hardest nosed person you could be I walk up to her and I say um, I'm Cody Knott's I think you know me and she turned around and she had tears in her eyes and <laughs> she said yes I do and she hugged me and encouraged me to run for state house at the time, which I ran and didn't win it was the second time I ran. Um, and it was a very weird thing because everybody was looking because Mary Beth tried to put Cyril Wecht in jail. She, I mean, she put uh, Cheech, Cheech Marin in jail. She was kind of rough and not the nicest person, um, but she helped keep me alive. Yeah. Her and Tom Corbett, that was attorney general. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of him as governor. And people said, why are you voting for him? I said, because he helped keep me alive. It's a very simple thing. You know, like, all right, that urged my vote. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I get, it's really weird. I get something like 24 or 50 write-ins a year every four years for attorney general, of Pennsylvania, I'm not an attorney. Random people in politics write me in because they did an interview in a newspaper about it. And they said, why are you getting write-in votes around the state? And I said because I took down, I helped clean up this county, and uh, you know it didn't it wasn't a dime made for me, it didn't make me a dime. Led to a divorce. Uh, when they looked at writing a script, they wanted to make it a happy ending. I said hell no, you you sacrificed for Christ because Christ sacrificed for you, and 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 uh, you know doing the right thing uh, for people that were not guilty of a crime.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, is is the point and and no one's going to stand for them again it's much easier to grab the torch and go burn someone um and and so god placed that on my heart and it's been non um you know even when the people did something wrong it's like you know forgive them yeah um I, i i i'm i'm very much you know this is where i disagree with my republican friends on prison reform i'm on the opposite side um and it's not about imprisoning the people I dislike. You know, it it's about what's the point? You know, we even put Rick Perry said you put people in jail that you're afraid of, and everybody else we should just be trying to get better. It's not about retribution or revenge, and too many people think it is. Um, and I I've had angry people in debates say, well, what happened to someone that happened to your kids? I said my first instinct would be to hurt the person. And my second instinct would be I need to get on my knees and pray. And in fact, the film I just did, Transubstantiation, which uh, that is the theme in it, is uh, the killing of a horrible human being, a violent killer, but he was unarmed and didn't deserve to be killed at that moment. And that that's a mortal sin that, that the priest commits it. And so the whole film runs on that theme, which has a vampire in it and it has to do with the, the blood of Christ, but it's entirely about the idea of forgiveness. And, and in fact, we do the act of contrition four times, which I don't think has ever been done in a film that often. Um, you know, the idea that in my fault, in my fault, like I'm
1: not any better than anybody else. Um, when, well, so, so at the beginning of this episode, you brought up the, the, what the issue is in education. Um, and the fact that maybe we shouldn't have 30 percent of the country educated, co- collegially educated, maybe that number should be somewhere in the five to 10 percent range. Um, why is that? Why is that where well, you stand on that?
0: Because mo- for most people, 99 percent of people have jobs. Right. So you get a job and you, and you go to work and you learn how to do it. So, for most people, the idea of, of that, that we're the reason we're educating them is so they can have a trade, so they can do a job, so they can take care of their families. And, and, and we don't even have people, what we've had happen in the educated class is they have things, not to, uh, and, and part of it is they have too much debt. Well, we've had them in school too long, mm-hmm. right? Uh, part of it is personal choice right and 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 sadly we don't talk about this for women they have 18 to 30 right that's their peak fertility years and we're spending it in education and chasing careers and and then people have trouble having children after that date, right they have it's not impossible but it's harder it's harder on them physically it's harder on the and 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 you have this debt, now you're getting a house, and now you're having a family and, and you have no time for your children. So you and both parents work and you send your kids off to daycare. I stay home with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 why? Because in spite of the financial side of it, it's better for them emotionally. It's better for them psychologically. They don't have abandonment issues. They wonder, you know, like and we wonder why these kids from wealthy upper middle class families or college educated families are so angry at capitalism well from the time they were born, their parents chose money over them. why wouldn't they be angry about money? money they've had their whole life they don't know what it's like to be poor. I grew up poor so so they're sitting there going, well, mom chose her career, dad chose his career I'm going to blame both parents I don't think it's about which gender stays at home. somebody should someone should be focused on the children mm-hmm. and and because what's the purpose, right? I mean, like we talk about purpose-driven lives. Most people go, "Oh, I'm going to have this career." They don't have careers; they have jobs, right? They, they, we go home, we watch entertainment, we watch interesting people. I make movies; they watch interesting people live interesting lives. Yeah, while you're not living one, right? And 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 without faith, without any basis of anything, they're living lives detached and 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 when you look at the end of your life and at 53 years old you start looking at the end my mother just died in in, in uh, October my last of my parents you know the end is coming you know that that's the end and what did it mean and and so uh, and and education has been like i jumped through this hoop and i jumped through this hoop and i jumped through this hoop and i, I spend a lot of money right hmm. and who makes the money the banks And and the administrators, I'm not even gonna blame the professors because a lot of them are working as adjuncts and that these people at the top, the administrators and and the whole system, and they're just making money off of people.
1: Well, and that's
0: And, and, and not moving their life forward.
1: Well, let's so let's bring let's let's bring this all together for the last two questions. And I think that judging by the way this interview has gone, I'm sure you have an opinion on this first question. Um, what would you say here in 2022, the brand is for Bethany College? How are they marketing to a student to make Bethany relative, well, not relative, but worth the price? What is, what is Bethany providing that you can't get at a state school or a another small private institution?
0: We're going to charge you more. And given the graduation rate at whatever it is, 24%, we're going to charge you more, and that's it. And I know they don't want to hear that. Okay, this costs more. And it, does, it, 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 it costs a Cadillac, but what you're getting is a Yugo. Okay. Um, and I know that's going to, JP's going to yell at me, but it's just, uh, I, I sent a student that had a chance to go to CalArts. He ended up at CalArts to Bethany because of the two Oscar you know, because of William H. Macy and Francis McDormand, And they didn't even tell me their experience because it was so bad. Wow. And yeah, because, the, it, you know, the, the schools, if you're going to charge top dollar, you better be demanding. You better not accept everybody. You better push for excellence. You better be committed I mean, if you this whole argument about the new president and his politics drives me nuts because the truth is my wife turned to me and she said, given the politics of most of the area where the school recruits from, they'd be better off with someone that liked Donald Trump than someone who didn't. Okay? It might anger the alumni, but guess what? They need to change. And they need to find a way to – challenge people intellectually which requires free thought it requires saying things that other people aren't expecting expecting you to say and not going well you can't say that right so you have schools like university of chicago which are committed to free speech
1: Mm -hmm.
0: in spite of everything going on in the culture And, and they're flourishing and that entire discussion on there and, and the passive aggressive stuff, well, I don't really mean to be saying this. Of course you are. And, and when I worked in politics, what we used to say was, we quoted James Carville on this all the time, that um, if you're going to call someone a son of a bitch, my son just walked in here, my oldest son, call him a son of a bitch, because anything else is, it lowers your character, Right. Don't play this game that it's not about the politics of the person. It's really about well, how they got hired, which is what most of these posters are doing. Okay. Yay. Why don't you be honest and say what your real reason is? Because if your only goal is that he shouldn't have hired himself based upon the thing, that's a legitimate concern. That's a legitimate argument. And you don't bring the politics up at all. Okay. It doesn't matter what his politics are.
1: Mm-hmm. And if
0: half the country, roughly, believes that the election wasn't fair, okay? and half the country before believed that it wasn't fair when Trump got elected, and half the country before didn't believe it was fair when George Bush got elected, the other half, then, then it's legitimate to question the results. Because anybody work worked in politics, and I worked in it for 29 years, knows people fix elections. People cheat on their freaking wives. right? People cheat on tests in school. A lot of the people listening probably did. But they don't think anybody cheats on an election. Who the hell are they talking to, right? Tammany Hall didn't exist. Like I sat with people and they told me how they would fix elections at the local level. They said we'd move five percent code because then we usually win. If we we can't, if five percent doesn't win, we better not do it because it's going to cause chaos, right? And it, and and so that doesn't mean it happened. It means that it's a legitimate possibility and it's not easy to prove.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's never been easy to prove that's the game and everybody i mean all of us inside of it though and so then we get up there and and nick they need to stay in the other room sorry i gotta walk
1: (laughs) oh good so the last question would be um why why bethany if you're if you're trying to get what what are you sending some if you're sending somebody to Bethany today why are you sending them to Bethany
0: I I can't make a good case for it. If somebody came to me and I had I had a friend at one point and she wanted to go somewhere and she went to Waynesburg, similar college, mm-hmm. I think in better shape, I said, Why are you doing that? Go to a state school. Don't spend the money. Right? Unless you have a program that like they used to have in communications that was dedicated to excellence, that had contacts built in, right? So the school's number one priority, if I was revamping the school, number one focus would be, how do we get these people into the fields in which they're going to be in? And I don't care if the professor has a doctorate. I care that they know how to do the field. Yeah. I, I used to make a joke, Bill, and this was about high school. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs can't teach, college, or teach computer science in schools in Pennsylvania. Because they don't and have a degree. The, right. Elon Musk can't. That's idiotic. Yeah, a little bit. It absolutely shows the ludicrousness of what we've done with education because we forgot that the word is educate. We forgot that the word was to teach for people to learn. And and having lived at West Point for three years, I saw that you can challenge young men and young women and demand of them to be superb. Demand of them to be excellent. And they will be drawn like flies to shit. do it
1: well Cody I think that's a good place I think it's a great place to end actually oh I know Um, I'm gonna make all kinds of people angry yay (laughs) I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to uh stop by and 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 chat with us um I am Carlo Guadagnino you can find us on tiktok it's at dingo talk instagram dingo underscore talk or twitter at dingo talk uh, we post every every week there. This has been Cody Knotts, Class of 1990. I, again, I'm Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. And we will see you next week, Chuck Lads.